I've been saying I've got shows to talk about. I got a lot of shows that I got to cover. Another one that I'm doing right now, I thought was so well put together, and I'm really upset that it's over now. But Lost in Space, the Netflix original series, which is a reboot of the original show, also titled Lost in Space. I believe came out, I believe the original's from the 60s or the 70s, maybe. I don't know exactly when the original show was. I've never actually watched any of the original show. I know what the robot looks like. I know, of course, the world-renowned catchphrase, Danger Will Robinson. I know all that. But the only other thing I have seen of the show um, would be the film that they had done in 1997, I think it was, which was weird because it had such a, like such a good cast. It had like William Hurt and it had, um, Ed Norton. No, not Ed Norton. Um, oh fuck. I forgot this guy's name now. I'm getting confused with Ed Norton. Um, Matt LeBlanc, oddly enough, like, I think this is mid friends too. So this was like one of his random roles where he tried to break out of the friend scene, which we all know the only one that really did that was Jennifer Aniston, but I digress. Anyway, that film was the only other step into this universe that I've ever experienced. And now I thought as cheesy as that film from 1997 was, I should probably do an entry just about that film. As cheesy as that was, it was good enough for me as, you know, a kid growing up in the 90s trying to appreciate these films and going to see these films that it left enough of an impact that I went, oh, okay, I think I want to watch this show. Now, of course, I tried getting into it when it first came out and I didn't stay on top of it and shame on me. However... I am glad I waited until this year because it only had three seasons. They're all out. They're all available. You can watch every single one of them from start to finish and get the entire series in your system without needing to wait as long as other people did. For example, the the first season is 20. It started in 2018. And then the second season came out in 2019. And of course, they waited at least two more years until they were able to release the the third season, which premiered at the end of last year and led into... No, I think they released it all. It wasn't even one of those shows. It was one of Netflix's... We're putting it all out there. So you didn't get the third season to the end of 2021. So you had to wait two whole years for what was the conclusion of this show. Now, did you want it to be concluded? Probably not. I know I didn't, but... I did read an article from the, the the writers and the creative team behind it over at Netflix, and they said that it was originally written as a three-season show. They didn't want to supersede that. And I think that's smart, because what you don't want to run into is you just writing a show and losing the feeling that you got when you were first writing it. Like, when you have a set story, it's good to stick to that set story and get it done in a certain amount of time. So you don't leave people upset by all the extra shit you do to try to keep it going. I know there's a lot of people who kind of feel that way about other shows that they like that I haven't really sat through. I've heard that about Dexter. I've heard it about Breaking Bad. I've heard it about Sons of Anarchy. Tons of shows. 
people have told me that you know they they feel that there were certain seasons that was just you know it was cannon fodder it was it was nothing they were just they they were fillers for whatever the rest of the show actually was and who knows how long they were really trying to write those shows for another show i would relate it to is um supernatural which i have brought up um in the in the podcast before and i've also done an entry on its finale but when they first started that show, Eric Kripke, the creator, he had written it as a five-season show. So essentially, Supernatural was supposed to end after its fifth year, but it became so popular and it polarized such a vast majority of viewers that they were like, we're just going to keep writing. And they wrote for 10 more years and it became one of the longest-running CW shows, probably one of the longest-running non-sitcom shows out there i believe and it's a tremendous show but of course you know you're trying to make up every new season as you go along i think christopher nolan even said that he never planned on the dark knight trilogy to be a trilogy he just wanted to make the batman film got to people wanted more so he wrote the dark knight and then people wanted more again, and then he wrote The Dark Knight Rises. He never planned the trilogy from what I remember my research being. So, being that the creative team behind this show wrote it as a three-season show, got to do all three of those seasons and tell the story how they wanted to do, and Netflix didn't come out and say, you need to do more. No. The show's done. It's a great time to get into it if you had never given it a chance before. When I tell you... The storytelling is so good. It just has every little bit of necessary, and I say necessary for a reason, it has every little bit of necessary drama and action and just the just the the fear that comes with a lot of like scenes that happen, a lot of stuff that they get into. There's a whole thing where at the end of the first season, they exit the area of space that they're in, and you're like, oh, where'd they go now? And then the second season starts, and they've been on this deserted planet for months, and that's how they make a time lapse, but it also shows you how, what they were doing to survive, and how their personalities have changed, and people are growing up, and how they're trying to make life as good as they can until they figure out a way to get off of this random planet they are in the middle of space. So, I think it just has all of it, and I say necessary because I don't feel like there was anything put in there that didn't play a role to the, to the story. There was nothing... I mean, maybe you could consider the one of the love interests of the daughter as being... A little unnecessary, maybe. But then again, you know, it's character development. You're seeing them grow up. You're seeing them as, you know, teenagers grow up to try to become adults because there's a whole story arc in the third season where all the kids are by themselves in one part of the galaxy and all the parents are are trying to figure out a way to get the kids back. And they're on two separate pieces of space. And it's just when you have that kind of drama, you also got to fill in with a little bit of what actual humanity is so you could say you know that was unnecessary but then again you could also say it was necessary depending on how you view what kind of storytelling and what kind of character building you want so i do know that this is very much going way off of anything that had to do with what the original show was the uh was about um the original show 
the robot wasn't an alien. I don't believe he was a a um, a creation of the sun. And uh, Will Robinson, of course, that's where he gets saying Will Robinson. He is his creation. He is his like toy companion pet creation. You know, it's Will Robinson runs the robot. And in this show, the robot is essentially an alien and he comes from an alien civilization of other creatures like him. So how they incorporate that, it's just it's done with a certain finesse where you can understand the humanity they try to attach to it. And there is just some great scenes with that with a character like. Uh, what the robot represented and the few lines it was able to say because when the way they incorporated danger will robinson was that the robot can't talk he just understands very minimal language and one of his first words is help will robinson now you go the whole two seasons with him only saying those three words maybe throwing in a danger will robinson help will robinson um danger it's pretty much the same five words and out of nowhere there's a scene the second to last episode of the very last season and i tried to actually put this on tiktok and tiktok banned me from doing it because it's too long of a scene it's a direct rip from the show and i don't give a shit i think it's such a tremendous scene that there's a captain who is trying to stop them he also had some sort of connection with another robot that they call scarecrow now he betrayed Scarecrow because all of the other humans are like, this is a robot, humans matter more. Okay, you're putting in that, you know, humanity, you're connecting it to, you know, people's inability to see other living creatures as, you know, equals. They don't want it to be that equals eventually turns into superiority. They need to feel superior, so that's why humans need to tear down other living creatures. You know, it's 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 a play on that. But it's also a play on how deep down he's following his orders as a soldier and a general and needing to save humanity, but he does still feel a connection with these creatures and he feels that there is something deeper to it. So there's this whole scene at the very end of episode 7 or 8, I believe it's called Shell Game, where they're trying to trick all of the guards so they can get back to their ship and get the alien scarecrow to a planet so he can get saved because he's dying and scarecrow is connected to the general now the general shows up at the ship and he's guarding it and he's got the only weapon that can kill the aliens and he's standing there and will's like what are you doing and the guy's like will you are being naive these are robots we have to think about humanity and then his robot who he just calls robot is standing behind him holding scarecrow and then they get attacked by guards now this is the very first scene where you hear the robot say other words. As far as I can remember, again, this this is one really big scene that sticks out to me because of how how powerful it is to not just the story, but also the character of the robot, because I recall this being the only other time the robot says anything else. So he's getting attacked by the guards, and he looks at the general, and he goes, help, and then he points to the other alien, and he goes, family. And then, for some reason, it clicks in the general's head that, like, oh, yeah, that's right. What the fuck is wrong with me? These are these are living creatures. They have the same feelings that I have. I care about my family. So does the robot. 
And then Robot looks there and says, I forget what the fucking general's name is, but he says help, and then he says the general's name. Just like he says help Will Robinson or danger Will Robinson. He says help um, Ben Henley, I think his name is. I'm probably butchering, getting that completely wrong, but he says that, and the guy looks at him so wide-eyed, and he's like, holy shit, you know, he's acknowledging me. And this is the sense that not only are they robots or are they whatever they've been taught to think that these robots are meant to serve, these robots have a sense of feelings that connect them to humanity to the extent that they understand what communication is necessary in a moment like what they're experiencing right now. He's crying out for help, and the robot is getting attacked by guards, but you can actually tell that it doesn't really hurt too much. He's kind of keeping it as a decoy because what he really wants is the general to get his robot friend, Scarecrow, onto the ship so they can leave. So then the general takes a huge turn. He tells Will to grab the robot. They take the robot. They fling him on. And then he starts, robot starts fighting guards. And robot gets stuck back there. And it leaves, it ends with Will closing the gate on him. But the robot wants him to close the gate. He needs him to get away because he'd rather save the dying robot than himself. Whatever they're going to do to him, he's like, I can handle, save what essentially is a member of my family. So you have scenes like that in this show, and it's just it, it just adds so much good connection between characters and between characters that don't have a lot of dialogue. Like, there isn't even a lot of facial expressions. The robot's face, it, it looks like the gel inside one of those magic eight balls, just not with the thing that gives you the answer. So imagine trying to get an expression out of that, and for some reason, you know, you have some humans who can connect with them. And then it leads into this war between the aliens and the humans, because you discover that the aliens were actually created by humans. They were... No, no. The the alien robots were created by an alien race. And the alien race created them as slave robots, almost. And then the robots had this huge uprising and killed all of their alien... Um, their alien slave masters, and there were no more. There was no more slavery amongst robots. So what happens is you have this the large portion of the robots who don't have the exposure like Scarecrow or Will Robinson's robot does, where they are looking at humans as they're trying to create. They're trying to make them slaves again. So that's where the the war and the conflict comes from, as well as the humans have stolen a piece of the alien technology. And that's what gets them across space. So they're like, you have to give us back our technology and fuck you, we're not going to be slaves. So there's this war that breaks out. But of course, the humans are vastly outnumbered and all they really have is the robot and the one way that this one weapon that kills the robots works. But they don't have like enough of them because, of course, you're talking about a race of alien robots. So... When you see this war, now, the last season goes deeper into that war and explaining a lot of those concepts because you spend the first two seasons just dealing with the Robinson family. The first season is understanding why they're in space, how they got lost, and what was happening to Earth. The second season is them understanding where they are, how they're going to get back, and introducing other aliens and other and more understanding of where the robot comes from. Then the third season brings more of the robots to life, starts the war, 
and starts driving towards that storyline of, you know, they have to sort of win because it's for the sake of humanity because Earth is dying. They're trying to make it to this planet they decided was the best planet for humans save for the for, for humans to be saved. And now here come the alien robots ready to kill all of the people who are supposed to be saved on this one planet and take away the one thing that gets them back to Earth. So after the huge war breaks out, the humans start saving more robots. And of course, as they're saving more robots, these robots are learning, oh, humans care. They're not trying to, like, harm us. And then here you go, you get a bunch of other humans that have connections to other robots, and now they have robots fighting the war too. And of course, you know, the, the ending could be kind of predictable, but I do feel that it had a lot of key elements that were both you know a little upsetting when it came to the robots themselves but also a little bit bittersweet and i don't want to give too much of it away again it just came out end of last year so it is still relatively new if you haven't seen the third season yet and if you plan on getting into it i do want to leave you with the idea that you should really give it a chance if you've never given either the this show the original from the 60s or the 70s or whatever it's from or the film from the 90s you don't have to watch the film from the 90s. I just think you should. I think that film is great. I should do an entry on just that film because I love that film. I think that film is just such a great piece of 90s kind. It's peak 90s. I'll put it that way. Anything you consider what you would see in a 90s film, that film's got it all. So if you feel like you have never seen that before and you want to give that a shot, please do. It is so, so worth it. Even now, I, I watched it right after I finished this show, which I finished it a couple of months ago. I just haven't done an entry for it yet. But again, it's a tremendous show, very much done outside of what I believe the original show or that reboot movie from the 90s was. So it's a nice, fresh take on the idea. Um, and it's also got some... It's got one of my... Um, favorite actors in it, which is uh, to uh, Toby Stevens. Toby Stevens is the same guy who played um, the main uh, pirate in um, fuck, what is it called from Stars? Black Sails. I, here I am saying favorite, and I don't remember any of these fucking names. But no, yeah, he was in um, Black Sails. He played Flint uh, throughout the entirety of that show too. And I just watched that show pretty recently, and I thought it was tremendous. And just seeing him do more things and get involved in more, just, you know, I just, I like him as an actor. I feel like he's got a good presence. I feel like he is just, he's, he's good on screen. He's got good on screen, on screen chemistry with anybody he's kind of in there with. Uh, he was also in, what's another film I was just watching uh, randomly? 13 Hours, that, um... That film with um, John Kaczynski about the soldiers who were attacked in um, Benghazi. I think that's what it's called, actually. 13 Hours, the, the War for Benghazi or something like that. I can't remember the name of the film. It came out a couple of years ago. It was a really big hit um, for the time, especially seeing uh, somebody like John Kaczynski come out of his office shell and break into this action, I'm a soldier general role. And he's in that too. And again, he he just does he he does a lot of good things, and I like him as an actor. He's also uh, the show also has um, uh, who's the the little girl? The little girl, well, not little, but she's um, 
The one who plays Judy. The one who plays Judy is something too. I think she was in. Yeah, she's the same actress in um, the Escape Room films that were coming out. The uh, the one from twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen, and then the most recent one from last year, which I did see, and I have to do an entry about that as well. Um, I thought those movies were really fun, and I think she's a, a really good up and coming actress. She hasn't been in much. She's only been on the scene for about a, about seven years maybe something like that if i remember seeing the things correctly but yeah it's got her in it playing uh, judy robinson she's got a little story arc that's great when it comes to trying to make it a little bit more modern you know not just oh this is a uh, th this is a, a cookie cutter family no this is a family that sort of has problems has a background and it has some things that you could possibly relate to Minus the idea of it taking place in a world where, like, the, the environment is collapsing, almost. But yeah, to totally watch Lost in Space if you haven't already. I'm, I'm not even kidding you. It's so enjoyable, and I had so much fun with it. And I would totally watch it again, too, if I wasn't backed up on so many other things. I'm already considering watching uh, Season 1 of Warrior Nun, which I did an entry on, and I watched it the, the summer it came out. And I thought it was great, and then we're finally getting a second season coming out soon, so I'm considering watching that again, but I have so many other things that I have to watch. Why am I watching shows over again? I don't know, but if I did pick something to watch over again, it would probably be Lost in Space. Lost in Space is worth a second watch-through, which is why I think it's worth your first watch-through if you have not considered watching it yet, and you definitely should.